0: Hi, this is mish hancock and you are listening to mishmash a place where i get to talk to the weird wacky wonderful people of this world people i adore and want to know more about today my guest is zach brock zach has beaten cancer three times before the age of 10. he is now 20 years old in college and he shares his experiences to spread awareness and inspire others Hi, Zach. Hi, Mish. How, How are, you? are you? So you? you and I met through a common friend, Marcus we Adrian. We did. Who we love and adore. He's amazing. Shout out to Marcus. Shout out, Marcus. Um, but so tell me, I mean, when I met you, well, first before I met you, and Marcus was just explaining, you know, talking about your journey and what you've gone through, mm-hmm. which is... Oh, my gosh. And can I just let everyone know that your mom, Sherry, is in the studio with yep. us today. And kudos, mom. I can't even imagine what that's like to be a parent with a child going through cancer and then cancer and then cancer. cancer. again. Holy heck. It's crazy. So, but you're Mr. Resilient, I'm going to guess. Try to be. Yes. So <laughs> tell us. I mean, when did this all start?
1: Um, so this started back in 2002 when I was just four years old, Um Basically, what ended up happening is I started complaining of mouth pain, um, and I would wake up at night just crying and having mouth pain. I was four years old, so my mom's like, let's go to the pediatrician and see, you know, what's wrong. Um, the pediatrician thought that it was an infection or something like that, so they prescribed antibiotics. Um, antibiotics weren't helping, um, and that that trend continued. Um, and so one day, my mom dropped me off at the babysitter, just like any other morning, Um, And when she came back, I had a giant lump in my cheek about the size of a baseball.
0: Um, In one day? Just In one day. It just just happened.
1: Um, So she's like, well, something's not right. So she took me back to the pediatrician um, and they immediately sent us to St. Louis Children's Hospital um, where they did a biopsy and um, later found out that I had rhabdomyosarcoma. So essentially what happened is I had a tumor that was growing behind my cheekbone. Um, and it was causing pressure on my gums, which was why I had mouth pain.
0: Okay. Um, and
1: then one day it got big enough that rather than being behind the cheekbone, it popped in front of the cheekbone. So then we were like, oh, you have a tumor. Um, but before it wasn't really noticeable to the eye. Um, so we went to St. Louis Children's Hospital. Um, I was diagnosed with stage four rhabdomyrosarcoma and given oh a 20% chance of survival. Um, but I did chemotherapy, um radiation, and what they called an autologous stem cell rescue, which is essentially a bone marrow transplant with your own stem cells. Um, Besides the main tumor in my left jaw, I also had lesion in my right calf, and I had tumors in my abdomen and wrapped around my aorta and left ventricle.
0: So they had to, so they, once they figured out, okay, you've got a tumor here, then they did like a whole body scan, obviously, because it wasn't like you're like, and by the way, my calf hurts, and Mm -hmm. okay.
1: Yeah, so... uh, a common trait of rhabdo is that it's not always in just one spot.
0: Got it. Um, yeah.
1: So as soon as they do a biopsy and say, oh, this tumor is rhabdomyosarcoma," they're like, let's check the rest of the body and make sure that it hasn't spread to more than just one place um, because it does have the tendency to spread because it is a soft muscle tissue
0: okay. cancer. Oh, my gosh. So you get through all this at four. At four. You know, and mom and dad are relieved once everything's over and you're good. Yep. And then... Another
1: Um, one pops up. Yeah, so four years later, um, on a routine follow-up scan, um, they saw shadows in my lung cavity on my right side, um, and then they decided to do a biopsy, um, found out that it was rapdo again. Um, Because there was only one location, it was considered stage two, um, but I still had to do radiation and chemotherapy all over again. Um, But I never had to do, like, an actual, like, open chest surgery because they were able to remove all of my tumors through laparoscope surgeries.
0: Okay. Um,
1: So that minimized my surgery for those. So that was good.
0: And then number three.
1: Yeah, so number three um, was a lot harder to hear. Uh, Just because I was older, I had already been through cancer two times. Um, I was in fourth grade. Um, So I kind of I was more I was older and more mature at this point. So I kind of knew what was going on and like what was happening. Um, So I went again to another follow up routine scan. Um, They noticed that, you know, something wasn't right along my neck. Um, And I immediately thought, you know, I thought it was cancer. I never like for a second thought that it was something else. And I was actually right. Um, this time it was thyroid cancer, um, which is pretty common for kids that have gone through so much radiation and chemotherapy to have thyroid cancer really? as a result of all the treatment. So, I gotcha. Yeah.
0: I gotcha. So, yeah, what what saves you can also harm yep, when it comes to that. So one of the things I was really intrigued about when we were talking is that you um, are called by... Older people that are going through this to to just help them. There's all these unknowns. When somebody yeah, says sure. you have cancer, it's like, what does that mean? And what does chemotherapy look like and feel like? You yeah, know, I would sure. have a million questions. Mm-hmm. So, so what kind of information do you share with
1: them yeah for sure so like a lot even if it's family members or honestly anyone um there's been times that people are like really scared because you find out you have cancer and whether you're were like my age it's it's scary but you're also so young that it's almost not scary because you don't know what's going on. Right. Um, but for adults, I mean, you know what cancer Everybody knows what cancer is once you've <laughs> reached a certain point and you can comprehend those ideas. Um, so talking to older adults who are just like, I know what cancer is, but I have, I'm, I'm more scared about the unknown than actually what I actually have to go through. Um, so a lot of times the fear of the unknown is scarier than what actually is in front of you. Um, So the fact that I've had cancer, I know what it's like to have chemotherapy and radiation and all those types of things and the effects it actually has on the body, even though it's relative per person. Um, I can give insight to people on, you know, chemotherapy makes you feel like this and radiation does this to your body. And these are the types of things that you may or may not have to go through. And then they're like, oh. This is still kind of crappy but like it's now that I have an understanding of what I have to actually go through um, it's a lot easier.
0: Right. I mean that's cuz it's 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 a scary diagnosis.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and then
0: you think of it chemotherapy doesn't sound like fun radiation it's does not. not does not sound like fun. <laughs> it's what not. is it exactly? I mean what
1: Um so chemotherapy is essentially it's medicine mm-hmm. um that its goal is to kill um cancer cells. That's not super scientific. I'm not a scientist, but essentially, (laughs) what it's trying to do is eliminate cancer cells in the body. But by doing that, they're also um, killing all cells that also like constantly are reproducing, um, which is why a lot of people lose their hair because hair is a reproducing cell. Right. So you lose your hair because it kills. It wants to stop cells from reproducing.
0: Okay. Um,
1: that way that cancer would stop growing.
0: Interesting. I didn't I didn't know that about that was why yeah. the heroin. That's not
1: super complicated. Like that's not like a super technical definition, but
0: but is it it's a pills or I've seen like the um, intravenous. A lot of it, lot of it like. is
1: IV. Yeah,
0: okay. But gotcha. there are
1: there are there's a lot of different types of chemotherapy so it can it can vary a lot, so.
0: Right. I mean, it's been how long now?
1: Uh 10 years this November.
0: Good, yay! Yeah, Let's keep that trend Crazy. going, right? We do No more so. of that. You got to be yeah. done, right? But you have to go and get checked up. Yeah. Here so I, actually to-
1: something that's really cool is um, I don't do like scans anymore because um, usually after about five years uh, they deem you um, cured of okay. cancer. Um, so any cancer that is found after five years is considered a new cancer. Gotcha. Um. So not a re-diagnosis, but I don't do any kind of like scans or anything. I actually meet with what's called a late effects clinic over at St. Louis Children's Hospital, Um, and that's just an amazing team that has been able to like, you know, they've been working with me since I was a young kid, Um, so they know my history backwards and forward just like I do. Um, And what's really awesome is that team of doctors actually had to do like special courses recently, um, which allows them to move from pediatric into pediatric adult care. Oh, Um, cool. So now all those doctors that have worked with me since I was a little kid up until the age of 20 or 21 when I have to move out of St. Louis Children's Hospital because I'm no longer a child, um, I still get to remain with those team of doctors.
0: Oh, that's Um, cool. And they're
1: specifically trained to treat kids that have went through pediatric cancer and are now into adulthood and what those side effects of having pediatric cancer can have an effect on your adult life. And how to treat those.
0: Wow. They do it right over there. They really do. They really do it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Zach. Okay. I am back with Zach. And we were talking about dance marathons, which mm-hmm. is something you do. Why do you do these? I mean, a lot of work to put together. Yeah, for sure. What's behind all of this?
1: Um, so dance marathon essentially um, is a, it's a national organization that works alongside Children's Miracle Network. Um, And here in St. Louis, um, I've been directly affected by two, children. well, one Children's Miracle Network hospital, but we are so grateful in St. Louis to have two amazing nationally ranked hospitals for pediatric care in St. Louis. Um, So Children's Miracle Network of Greater St. Louis is um, a huge cause that's near and dear to my heart because it does support those hospitals um, that directly affected my life and why I'm here today. Um, And Dance Marathon is just a part of what CMN does every year. Um, So Dance Marathon essentially is a year-long fundraiser that's put together by university and high school students um, that raise money for those local hospitals. Um, So, for example, here in St. Louis, we have Washington University Dance Marathon. We have St. Louis University Dance Marathon. We have Ladue High School Dance Marathon um, and several other high school dance marathons, as well as like Fontbonne, uh, SIUE Edwardsville, and SIUE oh, Carbondale. wow. Um, there's so a lot. There's a lot in St. Louis that are raising funds to support our two local hospitals. Um, and the
0: hospitals are the Children's Hospital? Yeah, so and-
1: St. Louis Children's Hospital and SSM Health Cardinal Glenn gotcha. Medical Center. Okay. Um, so all those two hospitals uh, provide care for thousands of kids a year um, and... It's awesome to see university students um, get together and support that cause.
0: How much did you raise at your last one?
1: Yeah, so I was on the executive board for St. Louis University Dance Marathon, um, and this year we raised two hundred and forty-five thousand dollars.
0: That is no small feat.
1: No, it's not.
0: That is that's just amazing. So what is? I mean, so you have eight hundred participants. You said?
1: Yeah, roughly around there. Yeah,
0: that are going to dance for hopefully twelve hours. They yep. can make it. Do they start out just woo and then eventually um, get to like? So, a common uh, <laughs>
1: misconception of dance marathon is that we dance for the whole 12 hours. Ah. Um, there is a lot of dancing, um, but the main purpose of SLU or any dance marathon across the country is that we want to be able to bring families in that are directly affected by the hospitals and okay. allow them to share their stories with, of, you know, going through whatever at the hospital. Um, so that's kind of how I got into, you know, public speaking is I was a miracle ambassador kid uh, for Children's Miracle Network of Greater St. Louis. Um, they pick miracle kids from both hospitals every year to kind of represent the organization and everything that, you know, it stands for. Um, so I was grateful enough to be able to be a part of that in 2005, and I'm still a part of it today. Um, And that's where I got my start in like public speaking and talking and inspiring and sharing, you know, my story with others. Um, And Dance Marathon is where I got that start. Um, So families are able to come in and, you know, share their story with college students and hopefully inspiring them to, you know, where is your money going? Um, because in a lot of organizations across the U.S., we, we don't really know where that money goes necessarily. Right, and exactly. And the organization might say it does this, but what what is it really doing? Um, and that's another unique thing about Children's Miracle Network is that Every penny that they raise is donated and given back to those hospitals. And I love
0: hearing that because I, I you know, I not, it really irks me when I see these not-for-profit, and the person that's the head of the not-for-profit is living in yeah, sure. a cabillion-dollar house, mm-hmm. and you know, and you're like, what? Mm, yeah. really? Um, you you know, your yeah. heart is it just it, it irks me. For I think sure. you know that they've. And amassed I, all this wealth, you know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. you could, you don't need that. You can live perfectly fine and give more money to the cause. Mm-hmm. So I love that all the money goes to the cause. Yeah. That says a lot
1: for sure. Yeah, and CMN, our Children's Miracle Network, is really unique in the fact that we're not seeking those million dollar donations at all. We're we're all about grassroots funding, um, and a big percentage of what CMN raises per year um, comes from donations in like jars at Walmart or buying balloons at Dairy Queen or IHOP or at Walmart and Sam's Club or $1 donations here and there. Like we don't rely on the million dollar or the hundred thousand dollar donations from any individual, but we expect that the community and what that represents would come together to donate, you know, a dollar or $5 because their money is going directly back into the community in which they live. Right. Um, CMN STL doesn't raise money for CMN like Kansas City or Indiana, for example. So, literally, the money that CMN STL raises stays in St. Louis. Stays
0: in St. Louis. Um, Okay. So, even
1: though Children's Miracle Network is a national organization that works on the national level and CMN STL does have national help um, from national sponsors, all the money that CMN STL raises stays in St. Louis.
0: And and I love that you, the, the whole public speaking thing, like you said when you were really nervous to uh, get up and talk.
1: I didn't start You had to like
0: <laughs> overcome some.
1: I didn't start speaking until I was a freshman in high school. Um, and I had been a part of CMN since I was five years old.
0: So what so. made you just say, I need to get up and do this? Um,
1: it was a lot of different things. Um, personally, it was just maturing um, and realizing that, you know, I did go through this bad thing, um, Mm -hmm. but what am I going to do about it? Um, Right. And a lot of times I I just felt that no one really cared and that who wants to hear about me going through cancer because personally for me, like cancer was like my life. Like I didn't, I don't have a lot of memories pre-cancer. I was four years old when I got diagnosed for the first time. Um, So my childhood and everything that I really knew, I'd always had cancer. So it would just be like you telling someone else about, you know, hanging out at the playground with your friends. Um, To me, that was cancer. Right. Um, Unfortunately. (laughs) Um, So I was just like, you know, why does anybody care about this? Uh, Why share it is whatever. Um, And then um, some people that I had been following on social media my freshman year of high school, um, some kids that were going through cancer, similar to what I had gone through, actually passed away. Um, And I just thought to myself, you know what? I am so lucky to have been able to go through what I went through and then make it onto the other side. Um, and I am a literally a canvas to show that, you know, we do go through these bad things in life and we do, you know, suffer trials and whatever, um, whether it's cancer or whether it's X, Y, or Z for anybody. Um, but there's other people that are going through those situations. Right. Um, and I have the ability to share my story of going through this, inspire other people to, you know, believe that, Whatever you go through in life, there's always the potential to be on the other side. Um, So I just started sharing my story and speaking. And the first couple of times, it was really, 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 really rough. (laughs) Um, But, you know, people were coming up to me and crying and saying, you know, how I inspired them in this way or another. Um, And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, Because for the longest time, I didn't think anybody cared. And it turned out that people really do care. Um, And it was awesome to simply share, you know, the bad thing that I went through and see how it can actually affect people positively.
0: Well, and I think it's important when people understand that you can go through very difficult things. But you can come through it mm-hmm. and, and with a really good attitude as for well. Sure. You know what I mean? Attitude I mean, it's is like, everything. It's like, okay, this bad thing happened to me, but I'm not going to live the bad thing for the rest of my life. I'm going to mm-hmm. use that as sort of a launching pad to just for move sure. forward and keep things happening and then let other people know the same, which is great. For sure. Good job, Zach.
1: Yeah, and Thank also I, that. I get to share my story and inspire other people to help kids that are currently going through what I've already been through
0: right um
1: which is even better because and
0: probably their parents uh, oh as a parent i can tell you right now and i'm sure your parents have Mm -hmm. shared with you that that parents are freaked out Mm -hmm. when when something's up with their kid
1: and children's hospital and cardinal Glenn do an amazing job of not only catering to the child that's receiving the treatment but also catering to the family um for example Which is so
0: important because it's a family issue, really. Oh, There's yeah. everybody is going to be affected, and yeah. and all the people it just spans out from there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, yay. Well, thank you for what you're doing, Zach. No problem. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back with Zach, and it's question time. Okay, Uh-oh. so so first of all, I noticed on your children's network page that you like to cook? Yeah. What do you cook?
1: All kinds of things. Um so I actually started cooking when I was like super young. Um I used to go over to my babysitters all the time and they would just start teaching me how to cook. Um and then my mom's a pretty good cook um and also my grandpa's a good cook and I used to go over there to his house over the summers. Um and we would cook meals together. Um so at a young age I just started learning, you know, cooking and how to cook this and that and now like it's a very useful thing. It um, is useful. Um, to be able to cook good food. So I cook a lot of things. I like I like to make homemade tacos and I love going to like local butcheries and buying a good piece of meat and grilling it. Um so summer times I love to barbecue almost every day, so
0: Oh nice. Yeah. That's good.
1: I love cooking. I would
0: so. I would like to have you around <laughs> 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 I'm not I'm not into cooking. <laughs> all right. So you are you yourself are an audio engineer. You love do right? I In a sense, right? You dabble. You <laughs> all right. So right now at this very time, do you have a favorite band or a favorite form of music you're listening to?
1: Um it really depends on my mood. Um I have a very eclectic um, genres of music that I like. Um, cause growing up, I listened to a lot of country music and then my mom listened to a lot of Eagles and John Mayer. Um, and then when I got to high school and, you know, middle school, I started listening to, you know, like what was popular, like on the radio and that kind of stuff. So whether that was pop or rap or hip hop, um, and then I started really getting into hip hop and rap, both nineties and two thousands. Okay. Um, so I started following that and now I listen to a little bit of everything whenever, I want. Um, so whether I'm in a jazzy type of mood or whether I want to listen to rap or hip hop, whether it be old or current um, or pop or country music, it's kind of all over the place. Um, plus I DJ, so I have to keep up with what's current and what's new with and what everybody what's hot wants to dance to. Yeah, yeah exactly. To. Um, so I try to keep up with new music as well as not forget, you know, where music started and all the roots of music. Um, so I appreciate music in all forms, uh, whether it's rap or whether it's jazz or whether it's classical or country. I appreciate all music.
0: So. That's good. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right, so we got to go to the DJ thing.
1: The DJ Are thing. Are you
0: DJ Chesta?
1: I am DJ Chesta <laughs> on the and, occasion.
0: And as DJ Chesta, I just want to know, if you were going to flex, if what I'm going that to, look like? If I'm going to flex, <laughs> what does that
1: look like? I don't know. I just like to DJ. I like. I'm not like. I like to consider myself a uh, introvert extrovert. Okay. Um. So I love to be out and with people and hanging out, and I like to be where the party's at. But I don't necessarily want to be like the guy that's talking and being the clown. Um. So to me, I love going out and hanging out with friends. But I'd much rather be able to provide the environment to have fun in. That's why I love DJing so much. So whether I'm DJing for a college party or DJing at you know, a bar or a club or whether I'm DJing a high school dance or a wedding. Um, I like to provide the environment for people to have fun in. And that's what's fun to me is providing that environment.
0: So, that's awesome. And yeah. so are you, you're in college now. I am. What are your aspirations? What are you getting um, a degree in? Where are you going?
1: So there's a lot of things that I'm kind of, you know, working on right now. Um So for the longest time, um, obviously, I thought I wanted to work in nonprofit and, you know, be a public speaker and do this and that. And this past, you know, year and a half, I've been doing that actively and I love it and I really like it. But I also really like audio engineering and that kind of stuff. Um, So I kind of want to now that I've gotten a taste of what, you know, nonprofit work is, I want to get a taste of you know, professional audio engineering and live sound. Um, I do work professionally in theaters, and I DJ professionally and, like, make money doing all those things, um, but I kind of want to take it up a scale. Um, so I'm currently working on a possible new job um, and possibly going to audio engineering school. So there's a lot of things that are kind of in the works. Nothing's 100% set in stone yet, but that's kind of, like, how I live my life is leaving opportunity open and being able to choose where I want to go. So...
0: We're in the f- perfect place to go check out, you know, what it all looks yeah, like. And I bet sure. you Sam has some words of wisdom when it comes to being an audio engineer for you. For sure. So we'll, we'll take a little tour of, of yeah. Shack City afterwards. So what else do you want to share with people? Um, I mean, you know, all you have to do is tell your story and it's inspirational, yeah, sure. right? Um, but, you know, it, at the core of everything that you're doing and how you mm-hmm. live your life, I mean, what, what is the big share with everybody?
1: Um, I think most importantly is that you have to learn to overcome the trials that you face and be able to learn from them and not complain about them. I think the biggest thing that holds people back is that they dwell on the trial or they dwell and complain about what they could be doing or what they want to do or this, that, and or another rather than actually putting in the work to go do it. Um, no one got to where they're at without hard work and perseverance and strive things don't happen overnight and in a world of instant gratification you have to learn that patience is key and enjoying the process of doing what you're doing um if you if let's say for example you're a musician and you're creating music and you have a song that blows up and now you're you know a star um where's the appreciation in that um, yes, it happens, and yes, that's awesome to those people that 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 happens to. Um, but I'm saying that the people that start from nothing and work their way up to fame or whatever that looks like for them, that happiness, if they're able to enjoy the process and get to that point and earn it, it's so much more appreciated once they get to the top. Right. Um,
0: yeah, because you don't do it in a vacuum. It's not yeah, just you. No, There's people around you that help you sure. get there, and
1: and happiness comes in a lot of different forms. If you know, making twenty thousand dollars a year and you're helping other people and are doing this and that and you're happy, then fantastic. Um, a lot of times people believe that money is the deciding factor of our happiness, and it's really not. Um, and there's a lot of people that tell you that, that have the money that say, you know, this isn't everything.
0: It isn't everything. It's helpful, though. you got to have some money. But yes. yeah, you're right. It's not like, you know, it, people that think I have to attain a certain... Yep monetary status and if that's all they're looking at they're they're missing a lot along yeah. the way
1: and when you're young you have a lot of opportunity to take risks that you can't otherwise take when you're older and you're also never too old to take risks Ooh. so all right whether let's you're...
0: take some risks today then yeah for sure <laughs> well thank you zach thank you no so problem. much for being on i super yeah. appreciate you coming on today it
1: was it was fun to be here
0: sharing your story all oh, good yeah where exactly. can people learn more about you
1: um, so I post kind of frequently on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Zachary J Brock. Um, I also post some fun stuff on Facebook here and there. Um, but yeah. Look you up. Yeah, just look All me up. Right. On the, on the social meds.
0: And if you, <laughs> and if you need, if you need an awesome speaker call me contact you alright well thank you Zach and no for problem. everyone out there you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast go to iTunes and subscribe and thank you have awesome days bye